We are on Dachaf Aleph Amar Aleph, but we're starting from Dachaf Amar Beis, the last line on the page, the second word from the beginning of the line. Amar Bar Abin, he taught us Itron Absulta de Zifta. Itron is the waste byproduct of pitch. Shav Absulta de Dusha. And what we called wax is the waste byproduct of honey. So the Gemara says, <laughs> what is the practical difference? What's the practical halacha that he's teaching us? It's for the purposes of commerce. That if a person contracted to, uh, or ordered shava, he ordered wax, the person is allowed to give him the waste product of honey, and the buyer cannot demand something better. Tanarabana, we learned. All of these wicks that the rabbis taught us, that you're not allowed to light them on Shabbos for fear that they won't burn well and you'll come to adjust the fire, all that is only by a single wick in a lamp. But you can make a big fire like a torch that has a lot of wicks because one wick is going to light the other. Whether you made it to heat yourself, to warm yourself next to it, whether to use the light, regardless of whether it's on the ground, regardless of whether it's on a one-pot stove. Below Asu, and they only prohibited us, it's only prohibited to make a, a single wick, Linear Bilvad. It's only, only a single wick for a lamp. But this other case, we make a big fire, one wick will light the other, and there's no problem. We said, below B'Shem and Kik we said the Mishnah, you can't use the oil of Kik. Umar says, my Shem and Kik, what is the oil of Kik? Amr Shmuel, Shmuel says, I asked all those who go down to the sea, Amr, they told me, there is a certain bird in the uh, port cities uh, of the sea. The Kikshmo, and that bird's name is Kik, and they would get an oil from that bird, and that's the oil that the, that the mission is speaking about. He said no. He says, Mishka de Kaza. It is cottonseed oil. He said it's an oil that comes from a, a grass that's called the Kikayon of Yona. He says, I myself saw that plant called and it's like a tzluliva. And what can he tell us about it? It, 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 it grows itself, it nourishes itself from pools of water. And people hang it the entrance, by the entranceways of their stores because it, it gives shade and has a nice smell. And from the seeds, people would make an oil. And in the shade of its branches, uh, all of the sick people in Eretz Yisrael uh, rest themselves. Amar Rava. Rava tells a very important explanation of our Mishnah. Those wicks that the rabbi said that we don't like with them on Shabbos, what is the reason you can't use those wicks? It's because the fire jumps around on them. It sputters around. It, goes, jumps, from, it jumps from place to place. It doesn't stay still. And the fuels that the rabbi said we cannot use to light, because those things are not drawn into the wick. And for all those reasons, we're afraid that the fire won't burn well and the person will come to adjust it. Abaye asked a very interesting question to Rabbi. Those fuels, those oils that the rabbi said we cannot use to light on Shabbos, what would be the law if he would add a little bit of, a, of an acceptable oil, and that oil is sufficient that it will draw itself and the unacceptable oil into the wick? Okay, biadlik. Is he allowed to do that, to mix a little good oil into it and light it, or not? Do we make a decree and say no, even though now it's going to work nicely? But we'll have to decree and say he can't light that mixture because lest he come to light the disqualified oil on its own. Or, low, or don't we make that decree? 
Amarle, so he said to him, Ain't Madlikin, we don't light it. You can't light it in that case. My time, what's the reason? Lefish ain't Madlikin, because we don't light it. <laughs> that sounds like it's being strident. I think it was simply that what? That since on its own the disqualified oil can't be lit, we don't allow a person to light the mixture of the disqualified oil with the good oil, even though now it's going to light nicely, lest he come to light the oil that's disqualified on its own. ACB, so they came to Esakasha to Rabba. You're telling me if I mix the good oil in, it's not good enough. Didn't we learn that I can mix a thing that's disqualified with a thing that's good, and it is good, and it is it, it, it is permissible? Didn't we learn karach adavar shemadlikimbo? If you took a wick that you're allowed to light with al gabi davar shemadlikimbo, and you wrapped it around a wick that you're not allowed to light with, eimadlikimbo. The first opinion says, like you, okay, you're not allowed to light with it. But then it says, Rabbi Shem Gamliel Amir, he said, shall base abba in the house of my father, hayu karachin psila gabi egos. They would wrap a wick around a nut, which is not, which is not a good wick. Umadlikin, and they would light it. Tani miyas, you see it all events. We learned madlikin. We learned according to Rishon Gamliel, you're able to light a wick that's wrapped around something, a wick that's disqualified. Amar lei, so Rabbi said to them, "Come on, hold on. Uh, the most they've laid me, the Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, uh, 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 one before you ask me, uh, before you raise the difficulty to me to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, sayinu me the Tanakama. Why don't you support what I said from the from the first opinion that say you're not allowed to do it?" Gemara says, "No, Halakasha, that is not a difficulty. I can defend why I'm able to attack you. Why? My Sarav, because we have a rule that an actual case when people behave in the way that they say that that's locha, that they say that's not locha." That's always a greater proof. When somebody actually practically did what they said. So therefore the case here where he says this is what they did, that would be the normative halacha. Therefore we have a big kasha on Rabbah. Rabbi Shem Galil said they absolutely did wrap a wick around something that wasn't a good wick and light it on Shabbos. My love, Ladlik, isn't that what they were doing? They were lighting it. They, they were lighting it, and it's not like not like Rabbah said that either, that if you, even if you wrap a kosher thing around a non kosher thing that you're not allowed to use it. The Gemara says, "Lo, it never meant that. That wasn't why they were doing it. The hot post. They were only putting the wick, the kosher wick, around the nut, not for the nut to also be a wick, but for the nut to be a thing that would make the wick float in the oil." The Gemara says, "One second. If it's so innocuous and it has no meaning whatsoever, he says, if that's true, Ila hot post. If all they were doing is putting the wick around the nut to make it float, my tanakama, Then what was the reason?" for the first opinion. Why would he ever have disagreed? Why would anybody disagree? There's no problem. There's nothing disqualified here. Gemara says, no, no. You have to reread the whole b'risa. Kulur Rav Mishim The whole b'risa, there only was one opinion in the b'risa. It was all Rav Mishim and this is how Rabba will explain it. The chasurim echzera, the mish, and, and the, and the b'risa is missing uh, lines. Vachikitani, this is the way it's supposed to go. Karach madlikim bo, If you would wrap something that, that you're allowed to light with around something you're not allowed to light with, a madlikim bo, you're not allowed to light with it, just like Rabbah said. Then the Bryce says, When is that true? Lahadlik, it's only when your intention is to light it. You want to use the two of them together as the wick. But if you, but if you simply want, are, are wrapping one thing around the disqualified one so that the disqualified thing will make it float, that, that is permissible. Mutter, that's permissible. Because of Ben Gamliel said, they used to wrap the wick around the nut so that it would float. So you see clearly that the Brysa now is exactly like Rabba said. Still, the Gemara wants to challenge Rabba. Is it really true? That you can't put together something disqualified with something good and light it. Didn't we learn? 
we have liquefied fat. The fat is a bad, is, is a disqualified oil. But when you liquefy it, and the innards of fish that were liquefied, and the innards of fish themselves are disqualified. Then a person is allowed to put any amount, you're allowed to put a little bit of kosher oil into it, like we said before, and it's going to make everything drawn to the wick. And the person is allowed to light them. So now, okay, so now you see clearly against Rabbah, you see you took this rendered fish oil, this liquefied, liquefied fish innards, or liquefied fat, which both, which both in themselves are forbidden to use, they're disqualified, yet when you put the kosher oil into them and, and let it draw into the wick, you're allowed to light it. It's, it's explicitly against the words of Rabbah. Rabbah says no. There's no comparison. Because I want to explain you something. When is it that I said that you're not allowed to use to mix a good oil with a disqualified oil? I'm talking when the disqualified oil is in itself disqualified. It's physically no good. The disqualified oil is no good because it's not drawn to the wick. Now we're going to say it quickly and then we're going to read it. The facts are when it came to the dissolved fish innards and to the dissolved fat, they themselves physically are, are a good oil. They shouldn't be disqualified. They are drawn to the wick. The only reason why we don't use dissolved fish innards and dissolved fat is because when they're not dissolved, then they're bad fuel. So the rabbi said you can't use the dissolved form lest you'll come to use the undissolved form. That is different than what Rabba was talking about. Rabba was talking about mixing a, a, a good oil with an oil that not only is disqualified, but is disqualified for itself, that it physically isn't drawn to the wick. So that's what he answered them. He says, Hani Those things, the, the, the liquefied fish innards and the liquefied fat, on their own, they are drawn to the oil. The honey and the things that I spoke about, that I said that you cannot mix a good oil with a bad oil, the bad oil I was talking about, I talk about oils that mixing a good oil with an oil that, is, that on its own is not drawn to the wick. So I told you that you're not allowed to mix it together with a good oil using a bad oil unless you come to use the oil that itself is not drawn to the wick on its own. So therefore, but he said, but but oh, but what happened? But in the case that you brought me, the real reason what that you can't use dissolved fat is only less to use the undissolved fat. But the dissolved fat, the liquefied fat in itself is a fine oil. And the same thing also, the same thing by the liquefied fish innards, the dissolved fish innards, it was only rabbinic decree on the, on, the, on the liquefied fish, lest you use the unliquefied fish innards. But those things in themselves are kosher, are, 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 are theoretically, are theoretically uh, good oils because they're drawn to the wick. So therefore, I therefore they didn't. Therefore, when do I say we make a decree to mix a good oil with a disqualified oil that it, that that physically is no good? That's when we, we we decree that you can't use it in the mixture unless you use it alone. But in the case of a, a, in a case where you mix good oil with an oil that physically is a good oil, but just rabbinically was what was was disqualified, lest you come to use it in a, in a, in un, in an ineffective state. There, there's no rabbinic decree. So the Gemara says, one second, nice answer, but nami why don't we make a decree on the on liquefied fat and liquefied fish innards that you put a good oil into? Lest you come to use the 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 uh, the the fat and the and the. Uh, and the 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 render the the liquefied fat and the liquefied fish innards w- without putting the kosher oil into it, the Gemara says no. There, there's no reason to do that. There, there, why is that? Because we said he gufa The whole idea what 
of 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 not lighting the liquefied fish innards or the liquefied fat is only is only a rabbinic decree lest I come to use them in the state in the unliquefied state that they don't work. Are we going to come along and make a rabbinic decree to a rabbinic decree? As a rule, we say we only make rabbinic decrees to protect Torah laws. We don't make a rabbinic decree to protect a rabbinic decree. So now Rabbah has defended himself to the end. Tani Rami Bar Rami Bar taught us. Those wicks and oils that the rabbis say that you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, we're also not allowed to use them in the base of Mikdash. Because it says, the Pasuk says to raise up a Ner Tamid. So he, he taught us, he, this same, pardon me, this same Brisa that he taught us, he also explained, and he said, what does it mean, it means that the fire has to go up on its own. And not a fire, and not a flame that has to be assisted by something else, by adjusting the lamp, etc. So the same way we can't use these wicks and oils on Shabbos, we can't use these wicks and oils in the base of Mikdash. So the Gemara says, one second, he says, he says, I'll bring you a proof that we did indeed use uh, things that were disqualified in the Mishnah in the base of Mikdash. Now we learn, we learn from the used up, from the rags of the pants of the Kohanim and from their belts that were used up, they would rip off pieces, and they would make wicks, and they would light, they would light them. <laughs> so you see clearly, and you know that the belts of the Kohanim had wool in them. And we, we said before that wool was disqualified, yet you see that they did use wool for a wick in the base of Mikdash. Something that we disqualified. Umar says no. Simchas Bashani. That's not talking about the lighting. That's only when 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 the the, the prohibition that we brought in the base of is for the fire of the menorah. There we're speaking about the celebration of the of the Simchas Bashreva. That celebration is not something that is not something that the Pasik was uh, talking about. Toshma, come up, bring you proof. We are talking, we did use it even to light the lamp. Toshma, we learned the Tani Rabba Bar Masna, he also brought us a brisa. Big Dik Tuhuna Shabalu, the clothing of the Kohanim that were used up that became ragged. ragged. Mafkinos, um, uh, they, they, they would rip off pieces from them. Man, I some silos in the Mikdash, and they would use them as wicks in the base of Mikdash. And there it's clearly talking about what? About, the, about lighting the menorah. Says my love the key line. Wasn't it talking about the, the clothing of the coin that was that was a, a case where the Torah allowed for kilaim? What's usually a forbidden mixture the coin was allowed to wear, which is which is talking about what? Which is talking about the belt, which was a mixture of linen and wool, and therefore they were lighting wool. The answer is load the boots. It was not talking about that clothing of the coin. It was only talking about the clothing of the coin that was made from flax, which is a kosher material for wicks. In a minute, we're going to compare the laws of Shabbos to the laws of Hanukkah. And we just want to bring up in Hanukkah, there's a famous debate about two halachas, and we're going to see it in various permutations. One halacha that's debated is when the rabbis taught us to light Hanukkah lamps on the eight days of Hanukkah, whether once I lit them, if they went out, do I say that since I lit them, I already did my job, or no, that even though they went out, I am obligated to relight them. That's one famous argument. Do I have to relight a Hanukkah lamp that went out, or is it sufficient to, to do the mitzvah that I lit it the way and when I was supposed to? The second argument is whether I can use the light of the Hanukkah lamp. Do we say that that I light the Hanukkah lamp to, for the mitzvah, but I'm allowed to use the light for my personal purposes? Or do we say, no, a person has to light the Hanukkah lamp and not use it for their personal purposes, because if they would, we wouldn't. nobody would see that the lamp was lit for the sake of the mitzvah and the miracle 
won't be publicized. These are two laws that are debated. We're going to see three permutations of opinions about these laws. And we say, Amrav Huna, he said, Those wicks and oils that the rabbis say that we're not allowed to light uh, the lamp with on Shabbos, He says, that would not allow you to use them on Hanukkah, bein b'Shabbos, no matter whether we're lighting the Hanukkah lamp on Shabbos, bein b'chol, no matter whether we're lighting the Hanukkah lamp on a weekday. Amarava, so Rava came to explain my time of the Rav Huna. What's the reason why Rav Huna says both on the weekday or on Shabbos you cannot use these things for the Hanukkah lamp? He says Kosavar number one, Kavsa Zakukla. Number one, because he's of the opinion that the law by the Hanukkah lamp is that even though you lit it, if it goes out, you have to relight it. And if you use bad wicks and oils, then it'll go. We're afraid that it's going to go out because you use bad stuff, and you'll neglect to relight it. That's number one. And furthermore, he holds that, that the Hanukkah lamp, even though it's a mitzvah, you're allowed to use, use the light for your personal purposes. And therefore, on Shabbos, since you will be allowed to use that light, we're, we're afraid, like we're afraid with all the other, other uh, with, 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 the, with the Shabbos lamp, that you'll come to adjust the lamp because it's not burning well. Here's another permutation of the same laws. According to a different opinion, he said, he says, no, you're allowed to use the bad wicks, the wicks that are disqualified for Shabbos, the wicks and oils that are disqualified for Shabbos, you are allowed to use for the Hanukkah lamp when you light it on the weekday, but you can't use it for the Hanukkah lamp that you light on Shabbos. What does he hold? It's clear. Number one, he holds that if the lamp goes out, there's no obligation to relight the Hanukkah lamp. If it goes out, there's no obligation to relight it. So therefore, even if you use bad wicks and oils, if it's going to happen and it goes out, we're not worried that you neglect to relight it because you're not obligated to relight it. However, why does he forbid you to use these these uh, these items on Shabbos for the Hanukkah lamp? Because he holds you are allowed to use the Hanukkah lamp, the light, for your own personal purposes. And therefore, if you use these bad wicks and oils for the Hanukkah lamp on Shabbos, since you're going to use that lamp for your personal purposes, if it's not burning well, we're afraid you'll come to adjust it on Shabbos and transgress. Now we have a third opinion, another permutation. Amrav Zeira, Amrav Masna, Amrila, Amrav Zeira, Amrav. Uh, uh, we say the name of Rav those wicks and oils that the rabbis say I cannot light on Shabbos I'm allowed to use them to light the Hanukkah lamp whether I light that Hanukkah lamp during the week or whether I light that Hanukkah lamp on Shabbos now Rav Yirmiya came to explain this opinion of Rav my time of the Rav what was the reasoning why he said you can number one number one he holds that if the Hanukkah lamp goes out you're not obligated to relight it. So therefore, during the week, there's no problem if you light the Hanukkah lamp with bad wicks and oils, because even if it should go out, there's no problem that you'll neglect to relight it, because you're not obligated to relight it. And furthermore, why does he allow you to use these bad wicks and oils for the Hanukkah lamp on Shabbos? Because he holds that since we have to recognize that this that this light was for the mitzvah, you're not allowed to use the light for your personal purposes. Therefore, even even on Shabbos, if you lit the Hanukkah lamp with these materials, even even though they even though they're not going to light that well, we're we're not we're not worried since you're not allowed to use the light. You're never going to come to adjust the Hanukkah lamp because you don't need the light anyway. You're not going to adjust it, and there's no fear that you'll come to transgress the Shabbos. So the rabbi said this reasoning. They gave this explanation of. Rav and the neighbor of Yirmiya to Abayah. But Lokibla, he didn't accept it. He wasn't willing to rely on it. He had the Rabin, but when Rabin came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, Amruabah and Kameh Dabayah Mishmeh Rabbi Yochanan, they said this, the rabbi said this before Abayah in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, um, 
the kibla, and then uh, and then Abaya accepted it. Omar, he says, He says, wow, he says, and had I had the merit, I would have learned this before, I would have learned it earlier. Gemara says, what do you mean, what's the, what's the problem? What's the problem? You see that he learned it now, he had the merit. He did learn it, what's the problem? What's the difficulty? The answer is, the answer is that he meant to say that what he, he wished that he had learned, that, that he learned it when he was young. We have a rule, we learn that the, that the learning that a person does when they're young is not quickly Forgotten. Therefore, even though he had the merit to learn it now, he wished he had learned it earlier, and he would remember it even better. We said, now, we want to challenge this idea. We said now, in the previous opinion, that we said that, we said, that the mitzvah of the Hanukkah lamp, if you light it, it's fine. If it goes out, you're not obligated to relight it. I have a kafsa in You want to tell me that, the, that somebody can have an opinion? That if the Hanukkah lamp went out, you don't have to relight it. Or Minu, let me let me bring you a a, a, a difficulty from a brisa that says the opposite, that, or that implies the opposite. Didn't we learn mitzvasa that the mitzvah of near Hanukkah, mishetishka when the sun goes down, until there's no one walking in the marketplace anymore. My love, isn't this what it means? The kavsa other mother law doesn't that mean that if it goes out, he has to relight it? No, don't you learn the brisa? What's the mitzvah? The mitzvah has to go from the time the sun goes down until no one's walking until there's no footsteps in the marketplace, there's nobody walking anymore. So it has to be lit all of that time. So from the time the sun goes, you have to keep it lit. And if it goes out, you have to relight it so long as so long as somebody's still walking in the marketplace. The man says, Lo, that's not what it meant. Even though it gave from this time to that time, it wasn't teaching that it has to stay lit all of that time, but rather what? That's, and therefore, if it goes out, you have to relight it. But rather, the loidlik, it means to tell me if you hadn't lit, you hadn't done the mitzvah, madlik, that you light it. There's the window of opportunity. When are you allowed to do this mitzvah? It's from the time the sun goes down until the footsteps uh, stop in the marketplace. So if you, you light it during that time. If you didn't light it, all through that time, you can light it. Be nambi, or alternatively, there's another way to read the same thing and still not say that if it went out, you have to relight it. And we say lishiura, just giving us the duration how, to let us know how much oil you have to put into the lamp. It has to be enough to light from the time that the sun goes down until the footsteps are gone from the marketplace. Now we learned, Ad now we learned I, that you have to light it until the footsteps go away from the marketplace. But Kama, how long is that? When is that time? I'm a rabbi and he says, That's until the footsteps of the tamadoi are gone from the marketplace. The tamadoi were people who gathered wood, and it was their business to sell kindling to people to light fires. So people, at the end of the day, they would go home, and they would light their fires for the evening, and they would see that they need kindling, they would go back to the marketplace to buy wood, so the tamadoi would stay late or later than other people to make sure they could sell the kindling. So when those people, when they, when the tamadoi who were a who stayed late in the shuk by the time they left, that was what it meant, that there's no footstep in the shuk anymore. But even the Tamadoi who stayed late to sell kindling had already left the shuk. Tanarabana, we learn it. Mitzvah's Hanukkah, Ner The Mitzvah Hanukkah is one lamp, Ner Ishebeso is a mitzvah, is a lamp for a man and for one person and his family. A Mahadran, people who, who pursue the mitzvahs to do them well, Ner Lekol Echad Bechad. They light a lamp for each one of the people in the house, as many lamps as there are people in the house. A mahadrin, a mahadrin, and the people who really pursue the mitzvahs to do them really well, there are two opinions how to do it. Beishamah say that those people, how do they do it? That the first night they light eight lamps, and then from then onwards, they go on descending. So eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Beishamah says, no, the opposite way. The first day they light one lamp, and then on with next day, most of all, they they ascend. So they light one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lamps. 
So in the Eretz Yisrael, two Amoraim argued about what the reasoning was of Beis and Beis Hillel. Rabbi Yossi bar Abin, Rabbi Yossi bar Zavida, those are the two Amoraim who argued what the reasoning was. Chadomar, one of them said, time into Beis the reason of Beis is because they are signifying the days that are coming in. So the first night, eight days are coming in, the second night, seven days are coming in, etc. And that's why Beis starts with eight and goes down. The time into Beis and the reason of Beis why they go up, those are the days that are going out. So the first night, the one that is going out, the second night, two nights ago, the second night is going out, etc. So therefore, there are or two night, two, the second night, two nights have gone out. The third night, three nights have gone out. So therefore, he is ascending one, two, three, etc. So that was one opinion. But Chadamar, one says, no, that's not the reasoning. This is the reasoning. Time of the Beishamah, the reason of Beishamah for descending, Keneged Pariachag, is corresponding to the bulls that are sacrificed on the holiday of Sukkot that start with 13 and descend every day. But time of the Beishil, and the reason why Beishil says that we ascend, the Malin B'Kodesh Marida, a special a principle that we know all over the Torah, that when it comes to holy things, we ascend and we don't. We go up and we don't go down. There were two elders in Sidon. One did like Beis One did like the words of Beis Hilo. the one who did like Beis Shammai, he explained himself uh, having to do with the bulls of, of Sukkot that descended. And the one who did like Beis Hilo, he explained himself to Malim that we what that we always in holy things we ascend and we do not descend. We learned in a Raisa. The Chanukah lamp is, is, is the mitzvah is to put it uh, for, by the door of it, by the entrance to his house, from the outside. And if a person lived on an upper floor, and then the person puts it in the window that is next to the public domain. And when it's dangerous and the non-Jews will not allow the Jewish people to do the mitzvah, then he can put it on his table and that is sufficient for him. Uh, sufficient. Amrava, Rava says, Rav says you always have to have a second lamp besides the Hanukkah lamp that you're going to use for its light. And everybody, that, that will make it clear that the Hanukkah lamp was for the mitzvah and not for his use. But if there's a torch in the house, there's a big fire, then you don't have to light an extra lamp because it's clear that the, the big fire is going to use for your use and the Hanukkah lamp is for the mitzvah. But he says, but let's say there's an important person. The person is a, a lofty person and for some reason it's not their honor to use a torch, etc. They use a lamp. Then even if there's a torch in the house, a big fire, he'll still need another lamp in addition to the Hanukkah lamp because since he doesn't use the big fire for his purposes, we need an extra lamp to show that the Hanukkah Hanukkah lamp was for the mitzvah and not for him. My Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? The Tanah we learned in Abraisa. On the 25th of Kislev, there are eight days of Hanukkah. The Lolimisbehon, that where we where we do not make a eulogy, and we do not fast. Because when the when the Greeks went into the sanctuary, they 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 defiled and made impure all of the oils in the hecham. Remember, non-Jews, we learn, have a rule like a zav. They always are unclean like a zav. And when the and when the when the house of the kingdom of the Chashmonoins became strong, and they conquered them. 
Bodku then the Chashmonaim checked the low matzo elapacha chachal shemun. They got into the base mission and only found one vial of oil shayam munach bechusmas shakoyin gadol that was sitting with the uh, seal of the coin gadol that they knew hadn't been defiled. And there was only enough oil in it to light for one day. And a miracle was done with it. And they lit with it for eight days. The next year, the rabbi set these eight days as a holiday. They made them holidays, where we would say and we would give thanks by saying we learned a famous law with that, that uh, combination of the laws of damages and the laws of Hanukkah. We learned gets if, if, if a blacksmith was working and and uh, and uh, and a spark flew out uh, and it went out and it did damage then the blacksmith is liable for what he did let's say a person uh, let's say there was an uh, uh, a camel that was loaded with flax who over and the camel is going in the public domain and the flax on the on the camel entered into the store of a person where a lamp was lit and it was ignited by the lamp of the storekeeper and it burnt down a big house it's the owner of the camel that is obligated because he should have made sure that the flax didn't enter into the store uh, of the storekeeper let's say the storekeeper had placed his lamp outside the store then the storekeeper would be obligated because it was his obligation to make sure that the fire didn't do damage. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda said, Rabbi Yehuda said, even though we just said that if the storekeeper puts his lamp outside, that he's obligated for the damage done, if it was the lamp of Hanukkah, even though he put it outside, since he had permission to put it outside, he's not responsible, and therefore he won't be liable for the damage. Amar Avina, Ravina said, Zosimeris, this implies a very interesting thing. Amar Avina, Mishmei Rabbi, he said the name of Rabbi. Zosimeris, this implies... A very interesting halacha. Ne'er Hanukkah mitzvah anicha tuch asara. It implies that the mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah is to put it down very low within ten tfachim, ten handbreasts from the from the ground, which will show that it's for the mitzvah. And why is that? How do I know that that's true? These because it was really true, the Malame Asara, that you could do the mitzvah of the lamp of Hanukkah above ten tvachim, lamele, then here, then let the camel driver say to him, you should have put it high enough. If you, even if you're going to do the mitzvah of Hanukkah, you should put it higher than a camel and its rider. And therefore, he should have said, even though you're doing the mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah, you still could have done it in a way that didn't do damage. And since he can't say that, it must be the part of the mitzvah is that it is placed low. And that's a way of recognizing that it's a mitzvah of Hanukkah. Where says, no, it's not necessarily true. There could be a different explanation of why he's not liable, even though he could have put it, even though he could have put it higher, and not because he's obligated to keep it lower, but rather because he's allowed to keep it lower. The Gemara says, what? The Dilma e mitrucha because the rabbis were maybe afraid that if they make it very hard for the person and they say, then listen, put it outside, but put it so high that it will it'll be higher than the camel and its driver. Ati The per- people, will, the person will come and not do the mitzvah. So Therefore, you can say it's true. It's true that the guy that the guy didn't have to put it higher than ten tefachim, but it's not because he wasn't allowed to put it higher. It's because they didn't obligate him to, and therefore you cannot necessarily learn the law that you wanted to learn. He was not liable, even though he put it below, even though he could have put it above, because because the rabbis they want to trouble him, but not because he was obligated to put less than ten. We learn the following. 
there's a Hanukkah she nichlamal mesimama, a Hanukkah lamp that's put higher than 20 amos from the ground, pasula, it is disqualified. It's no good. Why? Because it's not in the purview of the eye. And this is similar to two other laws that we know that are famous that also cannot be higher than 20 amos. Kesukkah, just like sukkah. And we learned that the schach of the sukkah can't be higher than 20 amos from the ground, and the other Gemara gives various reasons. Ukumavoy, and also similarly, and we said that the rabbis taught us that we could prepare an alleyway for carrying on Shabbos by putting a beam across the, uh, above the entranceway. Ukumavoy, just like the alleyway, that beam also has to be no higher than 20 amos. A good Shabbos to everyone.